All right, welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. I'm your host, Lucas Bean, and today we are chatting with the biggest Czech whale in the world, <laughs> Jack Booker, Jack, Jack Butcher's Czechs. We are talking to, uh, I can't even pronounce your name, man. That's a tough one. Schmip, Schripto? How do you, how do you, how, how do you pronounce your name real quick, man? Schripto. If you can get it to <laughs> two syllables. Sorry about that. <laughs> I yeah, butchered. No I literally butchered your name, so I apologize. Uh, I will, I no, will get it right. It's a, it's a huge asset. I get so much free unearned airtime of people <laughs> chewing on my name and spaces. Like it's wild, totally unanticipated. So. <laughs> well, I, I like your name. Hey, we, we usually do at the show here. We start with like some of the market conditions from our, uh, our amazing partner Mintify. If you don't mind, we're going to do a little uh, 60 to 90 second update. Mintify, take us away. Tell us what's going on in the market today. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, let's get into this market update for today. The total 24-hour Ethereum market volume, 42.9 million, just about 43, up 19%, pretty significant. Solana market volume, mostly flat, 2.94 million, down 2.8%. Highest sale, 800 ETH for Board Ape 7090. You can get beta access to the uh, our new trading terminal at beta.mintify.xyz. Let's get into the top gaining index, top 20 art, actually down 0.5% today, Uh being carried though by checks once again. This happened, uh, I believe, last week. Two point four ETH, uh, floor price up ten percent. Number two is Mind the Gap out by uh, Mount Vitruvius. I might be mispronouncing that. One point eight seven five ETH floor price up nine percent, and then Friendship Bracelets by Alexis Andre. Point three nine five ETH floor price up seven percent. The top losing index. Top 100 social down 2%. Doodles, Genesis Box, 0.193 ETH floor price down 22%. Bulls and Apes, Genesis, 0.5698 ETH floor price down 12%. And the super rare, rare pass Genesis, 30 ETH down 11%. The noteworthy market updates for today. NYU to launch a Web3 learning workshop in partnership with Near Protocol. Nice to see uh, some bigger education names getting interested in the space and uh I, I looked into what you had mentioned yesterday bank of america is preparing for a potential u.s debt default that ouch, could uh it could ouch. get a little bit interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with uh the market stats global crypto market cap 1087 billion bitcoin dominance 41.25 percent bitcoin open interest 7.46 billion fear and greed at 58 with Bitcoin right around 22,930 and Ethereum 1649 with the S&P 4157 or so. Having some volatility this morning, but uh, still maintaining higher lows. So we'll see what happens. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the update, man. That was great. It was actually kind of a good segue into checks leading the market, right? Um, that definitely helped uh, Schmipto over here for sure. So that's really good news. Great news, actually. The more the more you repeat that, I'm sure Schmipto is going to be pretty happy about that. So Schmipto, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, man. If you want to correct me, definitely correct me. But man, what a pleasure it is to have you uh, have you on the show. I heard you talking in a space over the weekend. I believe it was awesome. You're uh, you seem like a really down to earth, uh, great person, 
And you are the biggest checks whale, as far as I know. I mean, if someone wants to come up one day and be like, yo, I have more checks than him. I don't believe he does. I don't believe they do. Um, I'd love to hear like your origin story of like how you got into the space. Um, and, you know, basically just take it from like, let's take it from the top. Like how you got in the space, who you started following, what, what you were trading, what you were buying at first. If you don't mind sharing that, of course. And then like how you got into checks and everything like that, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. And and to speak to your previous point, I am I strongly suspect not the biggest holder of checks. Really? Uh, okay. I, I yeah, I think a lot of maybe not a lot, but some of the price action that we've seen is I suspect someone or someone's accumulating across a non-wallets. Um, ah, got it. Okay. Well, the biggest like one on spaces that unless to say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. The most public, the largest yeah. public holder, for sure. And and that was kind of my strategy is um, ultimately I I just, if I had gone fully nuclear on day one, maybe I could have bought, bought the blackjack. If I had taken WETH offers on literally everything, I maybe could have brute forced it, but even I'm not that crazy. <laughs> uh, and so... <laughs> My strategy was to just publicly accumulate as many as I could stomach as fast as I could. And I, you know, I, people were doing welfare calls on me at the time. Oh no. Is this your wallet? Is this you? Like all these (laughs) web offers going out. I could definitely see that Uh, by the way, because I know, I know a little bit of your story there. Like I heard the other day and I was just like, holy cow. He's like, he basically got rid of all these just to like double down on checks. And I, I actually thought it was like a very bold, but also brilliant move. So Tell us that, like, tell, like I said, let's, let's start from the top and like, how did you get into NFTs? Uh, what did you have and what did you like, you know, liquidate to, and you saw, I'm, it feels like you saw around the corner on this one. So I would really like to hear the whole story. Cause I, I was just completely engrossed in that story the other night. I could not go to sleep after you started talking. It was a, such a good story. Like how did it all begin? Right. Well, I mean, I guess to go back to the beginning, beginning yeah. I was a, a working painter, uh, gallery artist, and, and curator for a number of years. Uh, that's what I was doing up until about 2016. Um, my dad passed away in 2016, so I had to take over the family business, which was a small uh, physical rehab hospital. Uh, and so I was doing that when COVID hit. <laughs> so that Oof. was a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a wild time to be around in a hospital. I think a lot of people thought that like... Uh, Healthcare providers really made out during all that, but no, we just got obliterated, especially downstream providers like rehab hospitals and behavioral healthcare hospitals and places like that. They just got obliterated. And, you know, everybody operates on small margins. So when 30% of your business suddenly disappears, nobody's making money. Right. That uh, makes sense, actually. So that yeah. A, yeah. 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 That was a rough time. Uh, I managed to slink away from that with uh, a fraction of the valuation I went in with uh, and sold my half of the business to my partners uh, and took all that money and rolled like two thirds of it into rural land and a third into NFTs. Um, Not initially into NFTs. Originally, my plan was to take that other third and use it to build out a series of aquaponics facilities like that was my my mom's business for many years and something i grew up doing and so i figured get out of healthcare, go into this other thing i know i took a team down to the virgin islands and like trained on how to do all the systems maintenance on the like you know current highest commercial levels and then 
in the process of doing all that, uh, I started just dabbling a little bit in shit coins just to see what was going on. In high school, I was really obsessed with cryptography, Yep. but everyone talked me out of it because there was no money in it. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> and, and so this was, you know, 2000, early 2000s, I graduated uh, high school. And then, you know, a few years later, here comes Bitcoin. And suddenly my interest in cryptography, had I pursued it in college, probably would have been quite lucrative. <laughs> Um, so I'd always felt kind of sidelined on crypto. And so when I suddenly had this little pop of cash from selling the business, um, I just thought I'd, I'd play around a little bit get my feet wet, try it out and see how it felt. Love it. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, and I did terribly, you know, I did, I had a couple little, who hasn't though. I mean, we've all, coins. we've all done terribly like that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's tuition. Everybody's got to pay their dues and yep. go dabble in shit coins, try a little bit of DeFi, lose a couple bags. Like that's, I think that's pretty standard tuition around here. Um, and so I was, I was doing okay with those shit coins, but I wasn't making any money. Uh, and so I was on a forum and I saw people talking about their punks comics and like, Oh, I'm going to burn two of mine. Oh, I minted four and I'm going to burn them all. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's weird. I need to, I need to kind of understand why these people uh, paid $500 for this thing to mint it. And now we're just going to go destroy it. And so I went down the rabbit hole a little bit on like the initial format of pixel vault, you know, and it was just like, we're going to be a comic book company about these 16 punks. And it was a very clear mission and, I thought it was cool, and so I minted three of them, and then I went to bed and woke up the next morning being like, oh, shit, like, that's going to be a huge deal. Like, they've they've really got something there. And so I went back to my computer to mint, like, 200, 300 of them, and uh, the mint had minted out that night. <laughs> so I minted three and then went and just aggressively scraped uh secondary for like a hundred more not dissimilar to what i ended up doing with checks into pie like i just saw something that i believed in and really went after aggressively which actually um, makes a lot of sense what 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 do you remember what like month and and obviously it was 2021 what month was it oh uh, march april i mean it was yeah it would have been like march well probably more like april whenever the pixel vault mint closed i think it was April or May, actually. It's all okay. kind of a haze. It's been a million years. I know then. it has. <laughs> In this space, it is a million years for sure. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. The time dilation is real around here. <laughs> um, and so uh, I, I ended up being, I think, third biggest individual holder on Pixel Vault, um, going in with a basis of like 0.3 to 0.4 uh, comic. And, you know, if you... If you nailed the tops on that, of course, you made like 25 or 30 Ether per mint off of Pixel Vault. Now, I did not nail the tops at all. I did okay. I took some profits in some good places and, and some less good places. And then, you know, some of that got caught up in the, the liquidation rampage to get into checks into five. But uh, that was kind of my my real entry into the space was, was as a mentor and early sweeper of pixel vault. Uh, and that was a wild ride and it was a interesting lesson and a lot of do's and don'ts, you know? Um, and frankly, uh, I just, I underestimated how much of the secret sauce was beanie. And when he got drummed out, I probably should have just exited them because it was like a, he and he and G Funk were just this magic little team, and when that team got broke up, I should have recognized how much of the value proposition for me was them. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, Beanie, to say, you know what I mean? Like people, people uh, hate him, vilify him. But I, I, the one thing I did like about him was he was very entertaining to listen to. He had, he used to have oh spaces. My God, he yeah. He used to have spaces and I would just sit in there for like hours listening to that guy chat. Cause he was, he definitely knew what he was talking about. So I, regardless of, you know, I don't really know the details of like any of this stuff. He's, you know, all that stuff happened in the background. I, I don't know anything about it, but he was just a really great entertainer. So after like, after pixel vault, like what did you do after that? Did you see the apes and did you get like apes punks? Like how'd you get into those things? Uh, I grabbed my first punk at 17 and managed to kind of flip my way up to three and then back down to one. And then actually that one punk got caught up in the, the rampage. Uh, I sold it to, to Des Lucrese. He had been, talking to me for nearly two years about wanting a punk and how he'd never have a punk and then he'd have his big Sotheby's sale and I was looking at checks and defy his project and just seriously contemplating selling my punk to punk OTC like it's a one trade too like it's a nice punk and I'm sitting here being like I can't get a sale on this thing fast enough to do what I need to do here so I went to him and I was like I'd rather make you a deal than punk OTC so he has my punk <laughs> nice. now. It's a nice one too. It looks just like the pixel punk, the main Courtney. Courtney, it's a one trait green clown eye medium female. So it looks just like the mascot for Pixel Vault. Weirdly enough, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and back when I was a Pixel Vault maxi, that was uh, that was uh, uh, pretty meaningful to me. And I thought you know she'd carry some kind of premium, but you know, that was a world where Pixel Vault. Where, where inhabitants were worth more than apes and you know, we were all in kind of a frenzy there yeah and it seems like you've been making a lot of moves though like a lot of good moves i know i know that like nobody really talks about their losses as much but you do you seem like you got you got in the pixel vault you had a punk did you uh did, uh, did you break yeah, in into... i used to have like 40 cool cats too oh, oh my god <laughs> that i got wow. for like 60 bucks a piece oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed, a, I swept 40. Well, so, and so that was actually a big lesson for me and in, in, in how I approached checks and defy, because I spent pretty much the entirety of the 21 bull run just going, Oh, you fucking idiot. You could have afforded a thousand of those and you bought 40. Like what a fool you mm. are for not having gone hard. Cause I had really high conviction cats. Like the initial value proposition of just like, look, here's a well-drawn, uh, PFP that works great when you shrink it down, crush it down, and it still reads 100%. And it's made by an artist with this long life, you know, long history with this character. And it was just perfect. And so I went crazy on them. And then they announced naming and breeding. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, that's exactly what this project needs. Because the breeding wasn't like with Crypto Kitties, where you just have this endless sea of undifferentiated, worthless cats. Genesis would be blue. Subsequent generations would be other colors. And that was the plan. Yeah, but I and mean, then, you had forty. So you had forty cats, and just remember, uh -huh. like the ETH was at around like thirty-eight, you know, thirty-eight hundred to four thousand, and the floor was at ten ETH for a while there. I remember the floor so, was at fifteen. Ooh, at ooh. Okay, yeah. so I didn't know that one. I just remember tracking it at ten. Like on average, it was like very much hanging around the lowest of like ten for like months, and I was like, wow. So if you had forty, you had four hundred ETH. So um, at that point, um, you know, just at, just at that point with your 40, your 40 cats, it's $1.5 million. So that's a big oh, yeah. deal, man. <laughs> yeah. No, on, 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 um, day one of milk token, 
Yeah. I made like $8,000 worth of milk. <laughs> that's pretty And awesome. you know, of course now that's worth like 50 cents. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not worth a lot. A lot of those tokens, that's how those tokens work though, you know? Well, and, but I was kind of excited about it because I, I'm a bit of a supply maxi. And so the idea of this infinite supply of milk was very appealing to me, but it needed to be offset by more powerful things. Right. And that would have been the time to introduce breeding and naming, you know, and that would have created really powerful sinks. It would have increased the supply of PFPs visible to the community. Like it would have been transformative if they had at that same time, which to my mind, Breeding's not that complicated. You've got the traits, just make the cats different colors. Two blues make a red, two reds make a green, two greens make a yellow, whatever. You know, it's not it's not that hard. Um but here we are with this game that doesn't really act as an effective sink, and all this expectation had been built up around the token, which is what sucked the floor price from fifteen to two, you know. Yeah. Um at the same time that Ether collapsed. So that was not pleasant. Like, none, nothing about 2022 was pleasant. No, right? it was not for anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody had a ple- like a pleasant year after, like, May and June. So there's no But, doubt. hey, we all outperformed SBF. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh, too soon, bro. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's – but really, like, if you look – if you go back to 2021 and you look at this list of titans and you think about the shit year we all had in 2022 – most of us had a better year than most of the biggest players in the space. Like a lot of those guys got fucking pushed from the table. So yeah, if you're still true. here, you outperformed all these analysts and, you know, risk management departments. And, um, you know, I think in the bottom of the bear, I was probably down 85%, I would say overall, maybe a little more than that, even, uh, off my, my highs, you know, um, and still, you know, I felt like, well, at least I did better than SBF. Uh, and that's just, uh, you know, a product of me being almost wholly allocated NFTs. I don't really, I feel so strongly about this space and the just wild price discovery that, that's going to happen over and over around here that I feel uncomfortable being allocated in any other way. Yeah. So you were after the cats, then you went, what did you get into after the cats? Was it like, did you get into apes? Did you get into anything else? And before you on your way to checks? Uh, I bought an ape for three ether and I felt like, Oh fuck, I missed the boat. Like, why did I wait so long? These are, these are done. And that's, you know, if you, if you I talk to people now who are like, Oh, I can't believe I missed checks. And I'm like, yeah, you missed them. Darn. You know, like, um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I, I got my ape in time to get a mutant and to, I didn't get a kennel dog, but I bought a couple of kennel dogs and, um, had my other deeds and all that, uh, ended up, uh, selling what, what you assets I had left in the, the rampage. Uh, so I'm currently apeless, uh, and, uh. Otherwise, I, uh, at one point, I think I was second or third holder of Huxley as well. I have a stack of physical Huxleys taller than I am. I'm pretty tall. That's that's pretty uh, cool. So you, so you, I heard, I remember listening in the space the other night, and it was like you liquidated a bunch of stuff to get to go all in on checks. Tell us that story real well, quick. Well, and not really just checks. Checks and defy proceed with oh, caution gotcha. by gotcha. Jeff Lucrece. I have so I think I have about six hundred and fifty units there. Um, so it was a dual dual maxi reallocation basically uh i saw two projects that i figured were just gonna 
suck the air out of the room without stepping on each other's toes too much because they do very different things, but in ways that I like. Um, and so I started out aggressively allocating into checks and then proceed with caution dropped a couple days later. So I, I pivoted and allocated a lot there while simultaneously just grabbing good deals and dips on checks and stuff. And, uh, in the case of checks, uh, I minted as many as I did because a friend of mine minted 236, so I minted 237 just to be a jerk. Um, and, <laughs> that is the best story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes spite is the alpha. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I uh, went pretty hard after him once the transparency time thread came out, and it started to become apparent that Jack was like, building something with them and not just building something but building something that like you know, intentional or not was a really complex game with fairly simple rules and that tends to be the most powerful kind of game it's something complex with simple rules uh, which is i think what we have here yeah that's in, uh, that's and, interesting that you uh but you had so much conviction on this like you really really started buying so many and and like like what made you see this? Because it wasn't the first open edition by this artist, Jack Butcher, which by the way, obviously he does amazing work. So like what made you think like, okay, this is the one. Uh, yeah. He had previously done merge. I, in my, my mind had kind of fuddled the timeline up and had thought, Oh, Pepin came a couple days before checks, but it actually came a couple days after checks. Uh, merge, you know, he he had explicitly said with Merge, see you in 10 years. Like, it was meant to be, it's not a reference to Pact Merge, it's uh, uh, the Ether Merge. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was meant to celebrate the Ether Merge, and at the time he said, see you in 10 years. And so I fully expect that, you know, in nine and change years, we'll see some really cool project built on top of it, but don't get ahead of yourselves. Um, and then with O'Pepin, you know, it dropped right after checks and he said pretty quickly afterwards, like, I'm not going to do anything with Opepin until checks is able to stand on its own. And I won't promise you I'm doing anything until I really know what I'm doing, which is a very strong implication that there will be some, something for Opepin eventually. Um, and that's part of why they've run harder than merge is that, you know, the kind of high info buyers who, who are plugged into the situation are kind of, staying away from merge a little more just because it's not next. We know that <laughs> right. whatever happens, it probably won't be merge. Um, what would, what did you, so, didn't people, didn't people like give you some crazy offers too on your, on your bag of like checks? I remember you telling the story yeah. and you were just like, you were turning down, like, I think to, at least to me, and just so you know, it's just my opinion to me. I was like, what? You turned that down. <laughs> Most people would not <laughs> turn that down. <laughs> tell us like, tell no. us that story. Like all the, uh, all the people that are like giving you offers and everything like that. Yeah. There were two, two separate. I mean, I've had a lot of offers, but the two kind of peak offers so far that I was public about just because I, I think they're entertaining. Uh, I got 88.80 ether offer for number one, which I bought for 11 ether about a week ago, um, from a guy who bought it for about half an ether a few days before that. <laughs> um, he beat me by seconds too. I was just wow. about to get a bid in and he scooped me. That's um, crazy. And I had to pay him 10 ether for the, for the privilege. Um, uh, and, uh, also grabbed 69 and 420 just to have the big three <laughs> as it were. You gotta have those. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And 11 at the time, 11 was like by a wide margin. I think it was like two and a half times the former all-time high. But I kind of view number one as the the seed phrase punk of the collection, as it were. You know, like it's the it's the only thing in the collection that's at its core level absolutely unique. One right. is always number one. Other digits are uh, either one digits, which are cool, but there's nine of them, uh, or uh, memes like 69 is cool now but the was cool 10 years ago so who knows yeah um so i like 69 and 420 but i won't be they won't be the first thing that goes into the first blackjack aggregator and in polling i've done like 80 percent of people prefer number one to any other number so we'll start with that one what was the next best offer after that wasn't didn't someone offer you something crazy so the next was for the whole bag uh, was a thousand ether for the bag, wow. which uh, I didn't really get into whether or not there that meant the special numbers as well. But you know that would that was roughly floor price at the time uh, for my bag. It did occur to me afterwards, <laughs> you know, if I was really feeling evil, I could probably have taken the thousand ether publicly posted about having exited and taken the money, and then just waited for the price to fall and bought more than I sold. But that's not my game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and really with the checks, I don't swing trade them at all because I don't want to risk losing position. Like I'm, I'm so interested in the game itself that I don't really want to take any chances with drawing down my bag. Even if swing trading gives me perhaps a chance to grow the bag, I, I just, uh, I don't feel comfortable swing trading something that's in such like open price discovery. So I read your tweet and I agree with you. I mean, there's a lot of people swing trading and like losing, you were saying like, at least what I read was you don't want to lose money by swing trading and things like these. If you're, you don't have the conviction and the capital to stay in for the, you know, the long haul makes mm-hmm. a lot of, it made yeah, a lot of sense so, what you said. Yeah. 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 People look for volume to swing trade and that's a, you know, it's a solid part of it. You need volume to swing trade, but there's a certain point when there's so much volume that you're just going to get, rolled out of positions and not be able to get back in by trying to swing. So like the, the Delta between uh, checks and Defy got pretty wide uh, and is still pretty wide. And I've had a lot of people be like, well, why don't you sell some checks to buy some Defy and bring them back to parity? And it's like, it's not my job to bring stuff to parity. The market will decide where stuff should sit. And I'm not comfortable uh, swing trading either position frankly and so i just kind of accumulate both where possible uh i've got a bunch of three digit checks you know that i'll probably try to cycle for floors and uh you know because i I ultimately am more interested in the black trick down than anything and in that case uh you know I'm, i'm more interested in floors frankly outside of the few you know kind of core numbers that i have what, so what if some what if someone came up to you right now? Like, what would be the number you would take for your, you know, basically your entire bag of checks? Is it ten thousand ETH? Is it a hundred thousand ETH? Like, what would you, you? I heard you saying something about an alien punk you were going to trade for. You would trade your bag for or something like that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and it's true. It's I, and people I think thought that was a bluff, but like it's. It, I'm in a funny situation here where. Um, the big bag of checks coupled with holding check number one, I think makes me the clear front runner for like tipping a Dow over the edge. And I've, you know, I've been working with a group to, to develop a, an aggregator to, to try to do it ourselves too. But, right. um, 
the the social signal of holding a bag like that is worth more than the ether anyone would offer me to to take it off me. Uh, well, like so, for instance, this space. Uh, I'm not any smarter now than I was a month ago, but suddenly I'm getting invitations to every space in the world. Uh, <laughs> because that's, that's so have, funny that you just said that. I I feel the right? same way. It's so funny because like I've I've written and I totally agree with you. By the way, I've written posts and like literally talked at like events and stuff like that, and people are like wow, you're so smart. And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't, I was, I've been this smart for <laughs> my whole life. You just figured it out. It's because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're coming up. You, you, it's true. Cause you have this bag of checks. People want to talk to you first off. Cause the art's amazing. Obviously the whole idea, the process of all this is amazing. You came into this, you had some kind of conviction here and you, it feels like you saw around the corner and you took a risk on someone that, you know, a lot of people just wouldn't, they were just like, I'm too scared. I couldn't make these kind of moves. And you were right. So, I mean, you're basically just highlighting, Hey, you know, we're in just like everybody else. Like when you highlight or show something different and you stand out doing it, all of a sudden people like take note and recognize. So it's not that you, we, we don't, I always think like, once I heard you talking, I'm like, this guy's a genius, but I just didn't know about him. That's the thing. Like we just didn't know about you. So that's, and I agree with that statement. You're right. So, (laughs) so are you going to, so what, what's the number you would take it for? Like, I know you're not going to, I know you're building something around DAOs where you can, people can actually like start their own DAOs. Like you're going to make a, a system where, you know, that, that number one check first, I get the social capital part, right? You're, you're holding that. And then people are coming and talking to you. And it's like, it's almost like priceless because it's, it's like a key to a door that you, you, you can use to unlock. Like right now, like you said that, you know, I have you on the space. I actually am having you on the space because you were just really smart. And I just liked, I just liked your story. It was a great story. So, um, what would you take for your bag besides check number one? (laughs) Is it, is it an alien punk? Is it 10,000 ETH? Like what was the number? Like what's the number you have in mind? Are you there still? Uh oh. I think he rugged a little bit. I think he rugged. Can anybody else hear him? Brad, can you hear him? Face, can I, you hear him? I can hear him fine. Okay. I think we're going to have to drop him down because I can't hear him. Yeah, I, I can hear him. Shoot. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove you as a speaker, uh, Schmipto, real quick, and you're going to come back up, okay? All right. Well, while he's getting connected back up, I just wanted to say hi to you, uh, Face and Brad. What's going on, guys? I felt like jumping in and saying a brief interlude. Could everybody click on the button in the bottom right corner and message and share the room? Uh, no, it's been good. I've had a great day today. Um, somebody was uh, talking earlier on one of the uh, tweets about, uh, you know, social media is not everything. And it fell on a day that I actually took a little bit of time out and went to see my parents. So I think we all need to remember that uh, we we have to step away now and again and enjoy our family and loved ones. But um, great hearing about the checks and your journey so far. And I'm looking forward to hearing the rest. Yeah, he's coming back up here. He's coming back up here. How are you doing, Lucas, anyway? I'm good, man. I'm good. This, uh, this was such a great story the other night. I was literally like half asleep and I'm like, I, I just woke right up as soon as I heard Schmipto start talking. I was just like, what? 
like, what's going on? <laughs> what is, what is this? And I just like literally paid attention like the entire time. I was just like, wow, this is a great story. I invited people into the space. I was like, you got to come in here and hear this. So Schmipto has like, he just, he's a good storyteller. Hey, Schmipto, can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. How about oh, that? yep. Me? Perfect. 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 Yeah. And I, I would I, just to make the distinction to something you said earlier, I don't think you invited me on here because of my checks bag, but you heard about me because of my checks bag. Yeah, right? I heard about, I heard you talking in a space. <laughs> and like, even if you even if you got rid of all the checks right now, I'd still have you on because like I said, you just had such an interesting story. You're like, you know, my dad at a hospital, you know, left it to me, COVID sold it got into crypto or more like, I think it was like got into crypto, then got into NFTs. Like you, it was a great story for sure. And obviously you can't exactly replicate that story because it was kind of like on the spot and all these people were like chiming in and asking you questions. My friend, Adam, who's the NFT archeologist, um, uh, historian, he was up talking. He was supposed to be in the space today. Like I was, I'm texting with him right now and he's like, I'm, I'm like got a call, but he is like a ridiculously smart person in this space too. So, and, um, both me and him were like texting back and forth when you were up talking the other night. And it was just, what a, what a great, like I said, great story. So I think it's really cool. So tell us more about, um, what you first, what would you accept for, you know, basically the bag without the, you know, the number one. And what if someone actually goes, Hey, look, I want all of them, including number one. Would you, what would be the number you would part with that? Uh, that's difficult, you know, because ultimately there is some number that would be nearly as strong a signal as holding the bag. Like if if somebody paid me a billion dollars for my checks bag, like obviously (laughs) that's pretty legendary and will open a lot of doors. So there's some number between zero and a billion. (laughs) Yeah, that probably makes sense. What about a hundred? What if someone goes, here's a hundred million dollars for all of your, your entire bag of, of NFTs? Yes. Uh, I think with a hundred million dollars, I could probably brute force a black check. So yeah. (laughs) Wow. I think I could take that and I could, I could go make just a crazy sweep and probably get one or, you know, go and make big holders above market offers. That's the thing about this thing. That's so fascinating is when you think about, so imagine yourself with a a 10,000 ether bag and you want to buy the black check. Like, how do you do it? Like, it's not an easy, it's not a simple problem. Uh, well, most of us in here, most of us in here though, like literally, I mean, and I'm not, I I think I am speaking for everybody. If I had a bag of checks and someone offered me a hundred million dollars, that's it. I'm out. (laughs) Like I'm selling it and I am literally going to, you know, stop doing any of the stuff I don't want to do and just continue to do what I want to do forever. Like I'd still probably be in this space like 99%. It's just that I would do so, so many things that I, you know, that I, uh, I can't do now that I would totally do and just, <laughs> it would be great. So, um, oh, a lot of, it's like, yeah, it's like literally like multiple life changing, you know what I mean? That's multiple lives changing money. So. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I don't have anywhere near that amount of money. You know? Yeah. Of um, but I am pretty comfortable in real life like i i like where i live i like my car i like my situation i'm I'm, i don't need anything more than what i have uh love that and so i'm pretty comfortable just rolling all of it into jpegs forever (laughs) Uh, that's more interesting to me than anything else i can do with the money so i love that that's Uh, that's great yeah yeah, so this is, I mean, this is my, my career and my living, but this is a career and a living I've chosen out of a sense of sport, like it's what I'd be doing anyway. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that. No, that's great. <laughs> so somebody gives me a hundred million. Yeah, I'll, I'll brute force the blackjack and then use the rest to buy art, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's what I'm talking about. You're basically doing what you already love. You know what I mean? This exactly. is this is yeah, fun. Yeah. So it's like hundred million dollars won't really change too many things. So like you you're you're pretty happy where you're at. You're comfortable. Everything's good. So in theory, this isn't really like work to you. You like this stuff. So I mean, I I totally get it. It makes sense to me now. Oh yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know, uh, I'm on a pretty grueling spaces and kind of education schedule right now. But uh, you know, it's like if you ask a chess player to talk about chess all day, like that's not really a chore, <laughs> right? Right, because they love chess. Yep, makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so and it's gonna... funny saying that about a game that's like two weeks old, three weeks old, but really. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, so, you, what are you doing with that that number one check? You said you're gonna build a uh, a system for DAOs. Is that what you were so gonna I, do? Yeah, I, I I have a little working group I'm I work with, um, and uh, we're trying to put together a little back end front end combo for a. You know, you could do, do direct contract interactions with it too, of course, but we want a front end to make it accessible to everybody because you know, information asymmetry is real. Uh, but, uh, basically a permissionless, trustless contract that will allow you to send in checks and receive back DAO tokens. So like, if you look at my PFP, that's what the DAO token, that that's the DAO token you would receive for sending in the highest tier of non-black check, what's called a one check. Um, and that's art done by Des Lucrece, uh, of the, the black check. If you zoom in on it, it little, you can't really tell, but when you zoom in and it, it will be animated in the, the token form. But of course, why doesn't Twitter have animated PFPs back? By oh, now? they're, okay. they're getting them back. I heard the it's word on the street. Oh, are they coming back? Yeah. Word on the street. They're yeah, coming um, back. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. Alpha, Cause Des has the best animated PFPs in this space. So uh nice <laughs> that's that's alpha i only know, uh, I only but, know one uh, person with an animated pfp right now and that's uh neon cat chris um uh, yeah, Torres, yeah, yeah great very great guy yeah he's a great guy uh, he's that's but you gotta remember he's so legacy with that chat the uh the profile picture he's ha- he hasn't changed his profile picture since 2011 so yeah yeah that's the that's the challenge but man what a brand now too to have had that same picture for so long yeah everybody knows who he is now too yeah i mean he's one of the early pioneers yeah. in this space he i think he sold his neon cat um for about six hundred thousand. the original yeah wow. so definitely interesting stuff so what's next for you man like what, what are you gonna what are you gonna do in terms of collecting you you now that you're a checks whale like, where do you see, what are your next steps besides, you know, you're creating a DAO or a platform that it's a platform that actually helps other people create DAOs. Is that what it is? Uh, basically that's the idea is that it's, uh, it'll be an open source, um, aggregator. So it'll take, it'll take in, uh, one type of NFT until it has a certain number of them and then burn those and it will exchange, uh, DAO tokens and, you know, your target token up until that point. And so I think it'll be a useful tool if the checks model proves to be popular, which I suspect it will. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, uh, more structural derivatives, you know, not necessarily a checks derivative that's an 80, an eight by 10 grid of check marks or check marks in some other arrangement, but, uh, a checks derivative that can be any other kind of picture, but uses the checks burn contract and kind of aggregation meta 
in a similar way. So, you know, hopefully the aggregator we, we make will be of use and interest and maybe something other people can develop on and, and refine. And, you know, I, I suspect the DAO aggregator two will be a more refined version of DAO aggregator one because there's three black checks. Don't, don't forget there's three. So we'll, uh, we'll chase the second one after we get the first one. So That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that and that that game doesn't really end because I kind of share everyone's opinion that the third one is borderline impossible. Like maybe possible, but if it is possible, it's possible on the order of like decades. <laughs> it's just going to be a slow grind to convince enough people to turn in their tokens. Uh, but the first two, I think, we'll see in pretty short order. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You, it's it's interesting for you to say like think in decades when you're in a space like this. You know, like one or two days feels like weeks and you know, a week feels like a month and you're thinking in decades and like, I don't know anybody in the space that's, that's literally thinking in decades right now. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely building businesses. And of course that takes, you know, years, if not a, you know, a decade at least to build like a really good brand out or a really good, you know, some really good software or, you know, just, uh, you know, anything. But uh, you're thinking in like, hey, I'm going to be trading and doing these things for decades. And I like that infinite mind, kind of like the mindset that you have because you love this stuff, right? So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a calling, like, frankly. And, and you know, I'm I'm fairly young. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty young. I'll, I've got a long time to do this yet. And so that's part of why I guess time value of money is real, too. But I think time value of clout is greater than time value of money uh yeah i agree with so that. yeah yeah doing something like this now um uh, you know i think is going to have big big like knock-on benefits for me for many years so uh and as i've had people have pointed out like i'm trying to be ultra transparent about all of this too like my motives my thought processes my strategies like if there's some stealth whale out there who has quietly accumulated two thousand of these checks uh, and hasn't made it to four thousand I want there to be such a powerful contrast between their like sneaky subterfuge based way of going about this and my way of going about this, that it'll just be an obvious bet for everybody. That's kind of the idea of number one too. Number one's kind of the one ring, you know, like whatever Dow has number one is just going to have a lot more natural gravity. Uh, I think when it comes time to to fight over a limited supply of these things. Oh, there's no doubt you have the grail. <laughs> I mean, you definitely have, Oh yeah. have a number one is just it's crazy for me to think that you have like number one out of all those. So it's super cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it was really, how did you get, so did you buy, did you, you, you obviously, I'm assuming you didn't mint number one. Did you, did you buy it on the secondary? Yeah, no, uh, I minted, I started minting at like 14,000. So okay. I actually almost didn't, I got in at the end with my minting, but, um, I, uh, I I went to bid on number one. I was going to bid one ether for it, and there was a half ether bid. And like as I went to place my bid, they took the half ether bid. I was like, ah, shit. Well, that there that's gone forever. But you know, the person fortunately they had an ENS address. Like, talk about utility. Put your ENS, put your Twitter name in your ENS, so people can find you and give you money for things. Um, because <laughs> he had his his name his his ENS matched his Twitter, so I was able to reach out and. We haggled over it for a while and couldn't really come to a mutual number. So he started an auction kind of on the low end of his ask and the top end of my offer. Uh, and uh, 
I just couldn't watch it go for the, I mean, it was like the price of a used Honda, you know, like it wasn't <laughs> some big, crazy investment. Right. Not really. I mean, it was a right. lot for a, a picture of a check and people were, that was another one where I got welfare checks. So people being like, I, you really think you should pay 11 ether for this? I'm like, yes, I think I should pay. 11. I think I should pay more than that if I have to. Um, but again, you know, I've never been like, mega liquid during any of this like i liquidated probably 20 to 30 percent of my what i would consider to be liquidatable part of my collection because like i consider the one of one art and that kind of stuff to be off limits i'm holding that for you know 10 plus years but uh smart i i like that you're gonna hold the one of ones uh what do you what's in your collection if you don't if you don't mind me asking anything like um, low uh, yeah, I mean it's a, it's pretty big. I run a I run an on cyber with uh, four temple wings and a courtyard, so that's about four hundred pieces total. Wow. Um, <laughs> here, I'll see if I can. I'll look and see if I can pin it here. If I can sure. remember how pinning works. Yeah, uh, yeah I can. But, I, uh, if you if you want, I can pin it. If you if it, is it pinned to your profile? It's my pinned tweet. Oh yeah, that's no problem. I got you. Cool. Um, so that's. Uh, honestly kind of how i kept busy during the bear uh the boring ass bear uh was to just you know look for for new artists and good deals and curate my little museums uh i'm talking to a couple folks about possibly having a, a custom layout done eventually but i do like the temple quite a bit it's kind of become a cool cool space just by dint of who uses it you know 6529 and vvd like all those guys uh I think VVD. A lot of them use the, the temple, so it's just kind of a cool, cool space to have. I think there's only thirty-three of them or something. So, um, but uh, is, yeah, there, uh, is there a one of one out there that you're like looking to to grab? Is there something that you have like, you know, that's uh, hey, you know, I would love to buy one of these in the next like two or three years. Mm, that's a tricky one. Yeah, you know, like I think it would be cool to own a. a Barat nude, like the first Robbie Barat pieces on SR, like the which were the Genesis collection on SR. Um, if I had just had like stupid walking around money, uh, it would be cool to own a Barat. But uh, I'm just such a checks into Fimaxi, I'm not really buying anything else right now, except for a few little like I'll snag a cool little you know 0.2 ether piece here and there. Uh, but I'm not really looking to to divert a lot of capital right now while those two are still in price discovery uh and really frankly i i don't look i'm not looking to divert, divert capital from either ever i've got to burn all my checks uh to play the game which i'm fully at peace with <laughs> uh and i uh intend to hold my defy because i view them as sort of like distributorship tokens for lucrece's work and i i am extremely bullish on his uh kind of taking over as the the top nft native artist ultimately uh so you know i just kind of sit on those tokens and i'll get some you know, i'll probably sell some of the lucrece drops and stuff but but neither one do i really have any expectation of of ever really capitalizing or directly monetizing <laughs> yeah it's interesting because a lot of people would be like oh i want an x copy or oh i want a people or you know i want you know there's something out there that you're just like you have your eye on and you have, you don't have yet, you know, I wasn't sure if there was a piece like that that's hanging around out there. They're like, man, I need to add one to my collection. 
Um, not really. No, you know, I'm, I'm, I really am a sucker for really early AI stuff. And so there's some really cool early AI on SR that I would, I would be interested in grabbing. And like I said, the Barra nudes, uh, I think are pretty groundbreaking. Um, but, uh, no, I don't really, I don't really, I don't know. I feel like I, anytime I've, I've really splashed out and bought something high value, it's been EV negative. Like, uh, when I go and I find something new and I go hard on it, I end up getting big wins. When I go grab something coveted, it almost always blows up in my face. So, <laughs> Uh, I think I'm kind of done buying the high end of the market. I'm happy riding stuff to the high end of the market, but I don't want to be entering at the high end of the market much anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I just wish, uh, I think we all want to enter at the low end and get to the right. Yeah, that's get the to game. the high end. That's the game. That is yeah, the and game. That's yep. the game but, but we get distracted by stuff like people and, uh, uh, X copy and, and so somebody will get a big, you know, $3 million bag and they'll spend a million dollars of it on an X copy. And I'm like, that's cool. But you know, <laughs> that might not, you might, even at $3 million, that might not be for you. Like a million dollar X copy might be more for somebody who has $20 million and isn't tying up a third of their liquidity, but I've seen it happen. You know, people will, We'll get a bag and they'll tie it up in these like high, high dollar illiquid items. And then, you know, sometimes that works out, but not always. Right. <laughs> and it just ties your hands, you know, like my punk. When I got rid of my punk, you know, I I feel kind of weird not having a punk. But at the same time, like it just kind of sat there with my money tied up in it. And, you know, I took that money and did something I had high conviction in with it. And I'm up many, 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 many X yeah. on that move. So definitely uh, a smart kinda, move. Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> and, and so I'm kind of over, I think I'm kind of over the high end coveting the high end stuff so much. I think I like just grabbing my floors and sweeping new things and finding new artists. And I think that's a lot more fun game. Yeah. I, I mean, what you're doing is obviously the move. Um, as far as I'm concerned, at least, I think it's really amazing, uh, that you were able to Thank see you. around the corner. Like if I had a punk, I, I promise you, you made a move that I never would have made. If I had a punk, I, there's no doubt I would never, <laughs> I would never have liquidated it for anything just because it gives you that key. You know what I mean? It's a key into a community mm -hmm. that not many people have access to. So it's definitely, yeah. Cool. And I, I, and I think that's kind of the way I viewed it is I, you know, I had, a I had a key that 10,000 people could theoretically have i don't know what the current owner count is let's say five thousand. but so i had a key that five thousand people have and i saw a chance to trade that key in for a key that like no one has and yeah. that maybe only one person can ever have yeah, um and that was kind of the way i viewed it um and and for the record too that punk was way underwater i bought the pico top oh, with that punk. okay i thought okay and i didn't so, know that really yeah, yeah, no, I bought the itty bitty pico top with that punk, and that at a time when there was a fairly healthy spread between one traits and floors that has basically evaporated. Oh, uh, got it. Okay. And so I took a massive loss on that punk. Okay, uh, I wasn't sure about that. Like, I, I thought you got in like I thought you might be got in before you know punk started oh, to my like first blow up. Punk. Yeah, my first punk. Yeah, I got my first punk for seventeen ether. Right. Okay. Um, I got my last punk for 180 ether. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
So wow. anybody ever asked me, what's your biggest loss in the space? I lost it on a punk, which, you know, at one time losing money on a punk was a joke, like, like losing money on checks, you know, <laughs> like, and, but now, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, a lot of punk loss harvesting, but that, that's one thing too. Like everything I do for the net for, for likely the rest of the year, uh, is covered by my losses on that punk. Uh, so, hooray let's go uh it's all right you know what everybody it's uh i feel like it's a rite of passage to you know take losses yeah. like that so i mean i'm yeah, not saying yeah. it's great don't get me wrong I'd, I'd rather you know you not have lost so much on the punk but uh you know it's uh you know you did the right you did the right thing with the funds because most people i think most people like me just would not especially if you're like underwater on it a little bit i don't think i would get rid of it even even more i would hold on to it um, but that's yeah, just me. No, and I, well, like same thing with my, my cool cats, you know, I rode my cool cats from $60 a piece to $60,000 a piece and then ended up exiting at like 3,500 to 4,000 a piece. And that hurts like exiting something at that level that you watch trade like aggressively at $60,000 a unit is not pleasant, but, uh, it's something that it's a, a nuclear option that people need to keep on the table. <laughs> wow. uh, you get married to your bags and then you're just going to sit there watching thing after thing, after thing pass you by. And that had happened a little bit in the bear. Like I had seen a few things like when Ringa came along, I saw, uh, I, I, had, I was directed to Ringa when Ringa was like, kind of like 0.3 or 0.4. And I saw him and I was like, you know, this is really good art and the way they're doing the black box black boxes is cool and you know the right people seem bullish on it but i'm too underwater on all this shit to sell it and get liquid so i'll just grab one or two <laughs> and you know I, so i made a couple of eth on ringa but i could have made a lot of eth on ringa if i had a little conviction and taken some losses and and made the play but i'm kind of almost glad i didn't because then i'd just be tied up there and i'm just kind of over the whole pfp game for now like i don't i don't not believe in pfps i think they're a huge part of the space and i think ultimately um you know part of the problem people have making distinction is that they're they're fashion in this space they're how fashion is manifested in web3 and fashion is a multi-trillion dollar industry so uh you know there's always going to be a place for pfps but i think this year is going to be more friendly to um kind of decentralized p2e like checks and defy right uh, so we'll see but that is interesting. Hey, uh, someone has a question for you here. Fa Face is up on stage. Face, go ahead, man, with your question. Yeah. Hey, Shroom Toe. Um, you're obviously a very wise man in the space, and you've got a lot of experience. Um, and excusing the uh, uh, the loss in the punk, which uh, I'm not sure I could deal with very well. Um, I'm curious about what you think uh, might be coming up. Basically, is there anything out there? that you're keeping your eye on at the minute as to what might be the next big thing. Bit of alpha I'm searching for. <laughs> um, the two projects I have big positions in that haven't really run yet would be uh, Boots and Screen Time. Boots by Jeremy Booth, I think most people are familiar with. Screen Time is a smaller collection by an AI artist who goes by Clown Vamp, uh, who gives me very strong like early devs vibes. Uh, but he's an AI artist and people still haven't really come to terms with AI art. 
I think as AI art takes off, you're going to see his profile really take off in kind. And he's he has a real similar understanding uh, as Des of burn mechanics and like gamifying things in a way that wasn't really possible before. Uh, so he's one I keep an eye on. And so those two collections, I think, still have a lot of room to run. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, you got everybody out here going, oh, the OE meta is dead, the OE meta is dead. But I don't think it was ever really an OE meta. I think the OE meta is a symptom of the uh, uh, playful fun meta and the high supply meta kind of coming together to boost OEs, which are both fun and playful and favor high supply. Do you think we're in a phase right now of like, um, you know, this open editions, like we, it feels like we keep going through these waves, you know, like first it was, you know, it seems like it was like top shot kind of art. And then, uh, you know, clip, you know, obviously moments, then it went into like PFPs and then it went to, um, I feel like it went to like play to earn kind of gaming where it was like passive active staking, things like that. And then we went into like Freeman's there's like so many like you know evolutions and and phases of this. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think the next phase is going to be after open editions? Um, I, I don't necessarily think that I view the open edition phase as a meta so much as like a, a more kind of fundamental paradigm shift. Like I think what we're seeing with the OEs is not something that will necessarily uh, go away. Like maybe you don't see 250,000 units getting minted like with Pepe checks, but maybe you do like, maybe that's the new paradigm is huge high supply collections with really aggressive burn mechanics that keep everyone engaged and holding big, you know, uh, indeterminate bags. Uh, I could see that pretty easily. Uh, yeah, it seems like but, a game. I mean, that's a, I mean, theoretically the burn mechanics with open editions is a type of game. It is a, you know what I mean? Like it, it is a process. So hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I think a lot of games in the space so far have tried to model themselves on computer games uh, and uh, you know, things with really strict, clearly defined rules. Whereas something like checks reminds me more of uh, children's make-believe. Like it's a, uh, a form of that for adults wherein things have, whatever meaning we bring to them, not necessarily meaning based on a bunch of inherent rules, but you have this really simple rule set. So like when kids play tag, the rules are fairly simple, but suddenly this is lava and you can't go there and that's the base. And so this is a similar kind of thing where you've got these very simple, clearly defined rules that encourage the creation of a bunch of other like playful layers on top of that. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. Yeah. I think you're right. Hey, I uh, want to welcome Adam McBride to the stage. What's up, Adam? Good to have you. How's it going, guys? Uh, I got to hear this story. Uh, I think I heard you on a space the other day, dude, uh, talking about your collection. I want to know, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to hear, like how you chose to go, like obviously you heard about the, the mint going to be happening. How did you pick this one to go big on like because that's a lot of the things like you know everybody's got the the myth story most of us of of us have dozens of myth stories right um some hundreds but how, how do you, or maybe hundreds <laughs> or thousands uh i have dozens this week right um but it's like how what's the the thing 
where you know you know that you 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 hear about this one and you're like, oh, I'm going big on this one. Like, what what was that thing that that kind of clicked for you? Uh, for checks, it was initially. Well, partly just to be spiteful, to mint one more than my friend to be top holder. But uh, when I went really hard after it, it was um, partially being impressed with the transparency time thread. But also, uh, even before that, I went, I, I grabbed quite a few units because, um, you know, as a, a big holder in Pixel Vault, I was familiar with the dot burn and the exponential burn mechanic they had done there. And knowing Jack loves games and numbers and seeing this large minting population on this new OE, I kind of thought to myself, well, like, what would it do to prices if he did an exponential burn mechanic? We're just out of kind of nowhere. Uh, and so I grabbed a bunch on the kind of just the basis of that hunch, as it were. And that and the transparency time thread, I just, you know... Um, told somebody I kind of felt like I could see the matrix for a minute and it was just like, Oh, this is going to be such a big deal for so many different reasons. And nobody could really see it yet. Cause again, it is such a silly, simple looking, like they're just check marks. It's just an open edition. It's just a, you know, like there's so many reasons and ways for people to sideline themselves. Uh, and so uh, I figured I had a, a little window before people figured it out. Uh, and you look around right now and some collections, you know, they're measuring the time to the last, uh, ether sale in weeks. So there really wasn't time to raise enough capital fast enough by listing a bunch of stuff. So I took a ton of offers just, and, and worked a bunch of OTC deals as well. Um, in both directions, OTC deals to buy bulk checks and OTC deals to sell bulk assets um and yeah uh you know looking back at it now i'm like shit i could have gone harder like if i had just taken west offers on everything i'd probably have like 12 to 1500 checks uh but you know i'm just even i'm not that crazy and <laughs> uh exiting every single position just didn't seem responsible so i <laughs> i went i went as irresponsible as i could <laughs> I love that. I, I was going to say, uh, I love the, the, the play on language too, where it's like this, this may, or this may or may not be notable. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. And well, and the legacy check marks, if anybody doesn't know what that is, there's legacy check marks out there where, uh, you know, some people, you know, bought their, their legacy check marks. Some people were famous, you know, and it says basically, uh, this is a legacy account. It may or may not be notable. And then there's the ones that people buy with the blue check mark. Um, I bought, I have the current one that I have right now is definitely, you know, I'm, I'm subscribed to blue. Uh, most people are. And then there's the legacy check mark that people sometimes paid like 15, 20, $30,000 to a, you know, somebody that worked at Twitter or someone who knew someone that worked at Twitter and, uh, was able to get a check mark that way. So that's why these check marks are in question in a way, in a way where these like famous people have this, like this, you click on the blue check and it says this person may or may not be notable. So that's where that that language comes from. If you see that floating around the internet right now, that's that's what the, this play on words is too, which is really cool. 
Well, and it's funny, there's a lot of synchronicity between checks and Defy. And so the name of Defy is proceed with caution, which is the end of the MetaMask warning when you inter interact with a new contract. Like they both are being kind of playfully like, look out <laughs> about it. both collections, which I love. Yeah. And again, that's like, they both just perfectly checked all the boxes for uh, playful decentralized P2E and being unafraid of high supply, which is my thesis, basically. Right. That makes sense. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was just very, very fortunate. I wish they had dropped a couple weeks apart. Like, can you imagine how many Defy I would have if they minted right now and I could just dump a couple checks and <laughs> grab a thousand of them or vice versa? So them minting at the same time, I wish Jack and Dez had coordinated a little more with my schedule on that. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, it worked out really well. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that timing. That timing killed me. And and really sitting there and just, no, I want to buy more of that one. No, I got to buy more of that one. And they, and they traded kind of elastically one-to-one -one for a little while there, uh, which was interesting. They've, you know, they broke out now, but I don't, again, I'm not going to swing trade them because I just am not, not taking that chance. Yeah, I agree. What's your, what's your current, what's your current, can you to share what your current strategy is for trading them? uh to accumulate basically like i still don't have any, any wait you want more to... dude come on man you're hogging all of them bro that's not cool man <laughs> he's gonna take I grabbed, a, I grabbed another check yesterday yeah i'm at 508 now is at 507 a couple days ago so oh i'm still <laughs> still slowly i'm not accumulating 100 at a time like i used to but because i did do i did do a couple of bulk deals that were you know like 100 checks at a time real early on uh but Nobody's selling like that, and I couldn't afford them even if they were. So, uh, basically, yeah. I, I now I'm looking to swap out high value checks for floor checks to try to maximize my total count, uh, and then on Defy, uh, you know, just kind of depending on my liquidity, I'm still a buyer at those prices. Uh, I think they're they're going to do very well once people kind of do the math on what a uh, Lucrece distributorship is worth. So we'll see. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So you have 500 total checks right now is what you're saying. Yeah, 508. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which is on the dashboard. If you go to checks.art in the main dashboard, it has a top holder holding. So good game, Jack. He made a live feed of my bag so that I can never sell. Uh, very, very crafty. <laughs> That's actually, uh, that's actually really, that's, that is actually really smart. <laughs> isn't that good? Yeah. I was like, uh, I really was like a oh, good game, Jack. That's pretty good. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, and it gives me one more incentive to everyone. So I'll just stick one in there. Cause then people go, Holy shit. Wasn't that at five Oh eight yesterday? Just, just, let's just disclude that one check. You're not going to get rid of. Right. And I, mm -hmm. I, I, I basically shaved off like eight. You said you have 508. You have, let's just say 500 at the price right now. It's $1.9 million in checks. Yeah. Just yeah, with, uh, yeah, just, give or take. yeah. And that's again, uh, mazel tov to you, my man. That's pretty amazing. Thank you. But you got, yeah. you got to tell, you got to tell the average collector why, why wouldn't you de-risk some of your, your position? Like what's, what's the strategy for not selling, you know, a hundred to to actually you know ensure that you've you've made a nice trade like what what's the strategy with that 
I don't worry about my trade statistics at all. I don't care about my basis. I don't particularly care about. No, but what, what about your bank account, bro? You don't worry about your bank account at all? No, my bank account will be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly well off in real life. So I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about it. This is a game. You know, like I want to win the game, obviously, but it's a game. Uh, I'm not going to starve to death if my checks go to zero. So uh, I'm playing the game to play the game, not to, not to bag the ether. And frankly, um, you know, how much ether would I have to pay to get the kind of clout I can get from just holding these things to some wild price? Because that's the thing that the social signaling of holding them grows uh, proportional to their price. And I think grows slightly more than proportionally to their price. And so the social signal I send the unfakeable, hard, hard to fake social signal I send by holding 500 of these things at two ether is less than a tenth of the signal I send by holding 500 of these things at 20 ether. Uh, and the signal I send by burning 500 of these things at 40 ether, <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing. Like, the, the, the signal always outruns the value, to my mind, especially as somebody who's going to stay. I have This is my calling. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. So uh, time value of clout, you know, uh, I'm, I'm more interested in playing the game than any amount of money anyone is realistically going to offer me. So actually it's, it almost makes a better story if it runs to zero, right? Um, your clout will then be fully insured, uh, if, if it actually runs to zero, cause you were the, you were that savage who held all the way to zero. Oh yeah. Well, if it runs all the way to zero, I'll, I'll get three black checks at that like there's some number between 0.2 and zero where i end up with a private black check so i can live with that because again the black check has whatever meaning we give it and i really don't give a shit whatever meaning everybody else gives it to me it's the holy grail like i'm glad that other people are kind of seeing that as well but it's going to be that to me no matter how other people feel about it so if i'm able to get a black check this thing runs to zero i'll be happy as a clam like that's fine <laughs> that's part of what's been so fun about this bag it goes up and my mouth waters to grab more. It goes, or my, it goes down and my mouth waters to grab more and it goes up and cool. I'm up. Like I have a, a, a the, the, the correctly allocated bag causes neither fear nor FOMO. And that's how I feel with my checks position. And so why draw it down? I feel perfectly allocated. You know, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. I'm just not really a, tr a traditional trader in any sense. Like I have some traditional trading training like I, I worked a desk for a summer and i went to business school like i you know i, I have some background there I, I can talk the talk i just don't like walking the walk and i think walking the walk gets people in trouble in this space because if you de-risked your board apes at 2.5 ether then you kind of fucked up yeah that's a that's a valid point i agree hey punter you got your hand up go ahead Hey, Lucas, uh, thanks for having me up yeah, and allow, allowing me to speak. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I actually went to bed last night uh, in a space with uh, who, uh, Shrimpto, who we affectionately call Shrimpy now. Um, <laughs> not because of the size My of the My business bags. partners will love that. Just because, just because nobody can pronounce his name, not, not, not because of the size of his check bags, that's for sure. I definitely had a problem um, with his name too, by the way, so <laughs> it's, I can vouch. <laughs> no, like, and it's always like you can see how passionate the people in checks are because we show up to every space and, and Shrimpy's like never hesitant to, to hop on and talk about it because I just feel like there, there's a community here and, and we're really passionate about it. And I just wanted to offer a little bit of a different perspective uh, for me. Like what got me into it early was that, that Jack Butcher was behind it. 
Um, you know, we've had so many rugs in this space. We have so many founders that, that take the bag and run that we don't even know who they are. They're a non. But when you have a guy that has 250,000 followers, he's on LinkedIn, you can find his profile. <laughs> he's built successful businesses. Visualized value is, is known by many quote unquote normies. I hate that fucking term, but okay, yeah. let's, let's use it for the moment. But I mean, he's a guy that's out there. We talk about onboarding all the time. I feel like Jack's a guy that could maybe even potentially solve that problem that we've had in Web3 for so long uh, because he's a guy that's built real businesses and he's an artist and he cares about crypto and he wants to see uh, he wants to see this work. So sorry to go on a soapbox, but no, I just feel like good. I think that's an important point that, you know, I'm a graphic designer IRL. So, you know, the visualized value stuff that Jack's done, how he boils complex ideas down and distills them. And I think that's what he's trying to do with the check is make us all think about this concept of, of verification and what it means for everybody, you know, especially on Twitter where NFTs really, really, you know, that's where we uh, talk to one another and, and come together. So anyway, no, not really a question, but I mean, I, I feel like, you know, Shrimpy, I mean, is, is that something that instilled confidence in you? I know you're a fan of Jack's, but, you know, knowing that it's like a doxed founder and you have a guy like Jaleel and Traff working on stuff, I mean, that must have been an extra boost to you to, to make you really want to go whole hog into this thing. Oh, absolutely. I kind of view Jack's uh, situation coming into this space as being analogous to Gary V, in the sense that, you know, like nobody looked at Gary V's V friends and was like, God, what what a beautiful drawing! Like they bought it because they liked and trusted <laughs> Gary. Like that was that definitely was not a beautiful drawing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I got to hang this on my wall. Get let's order a digital frame so we can admire but, gracious you know, gar, people, gracious yeah, gar, gregarious yeah. gar, whatever they're called. Sorry, God. <laughs> and, and some people are have gotten there, you know, because again, value creates beauty in a very real way. Like board apes, people, you show somebody a board ape, a gold board ape, and a crown, they're going to go, "Oh my god, it's beautiful." And you go, "Well, yeah, is it though?" Uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I I believe that people really do see beauty in Gary V's drawings now, but they they didn't on day one. It was like, "Cool, Gary's my online friend who uh, gives me grown up advice, but cusses like I do." Uh, and so it was very much about Gary and, and, and the value proposition he brought. And I see that this is a very similar situation where like, there's a huge pool of people who wouldn't normally buy an NFT, but cause Jack said so. And Jack thinks it's a good idea. And they've seen Jack to be a smart, well-informed guy. They're going to go down that rabbit hole with him. Just like a lot of people went down the rabbit hole with Gary. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, agree. I, I can, uh, I don't know if you guys want me to, I, I definitely have been following Jack Butcher since like early 2019. I have a little bit of a, like his story. I'm going to give you guys a little 60 second origin story until I can have actually the man himself on this, this chat one day. I'm really looking forward to that. If you guys have connections and can make that happen, please like connect me with Jack. I'd be happy to have him up here and chat. But let me tell you, I, I, the story I I'm aware of is, he had his own agency. He was an agency life first. He started, he worked at a bunch of agencies, you know, uh, did a lot of work for some high end brands, left those agencies to start his own agency, uh, worked like 60 to 80 hours, like crazy, um, started visualize value to like drive leads to that business to show that he could actually, you know, take a complex idea and distill it down into a simple visual. And then you just 
automatically get it. He started doing very famous stoic quotes and quotes from people that are alive today, like Naval Ravikant and a bunch of other really famous people. And people noticed his work right away. And he realized visualized value um, was more valuable than the agency he had started. So he started focusing on work, like building PowerPoint presentations for, because this is, this is the stuff that people didn't want to do is PowerPoint presentations, things like that. He turned that into a pretty lucrative consulting business on the side because no one really wanted to do it. And he built visualized value along the way. Um, fast forward, he started getting hundreds or thousands and thousands of people interested in his, in his simple visuals that he would just be able to simplify any message. He's one of the best I've ever seen to do that. And it took off. And he then started going, wow, how do I, like the next step, it seemed like he wanted to monetize and it made sense because he was a great artist. He, uh, he started doing like online courses and that's what he does. Like he made a, made a bunch of online courses and I can tell you they, uh, during the pandemic, they just blew up. He, he, he just crushed it in the uh, ed tech space and he, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard him saying on, um, somewhere I heard him saying this on either a podcast or one of his own videos. He never saw himself as a teacher, but he started basically teaching people how to visualize value. You know, he, he had, um, I think it was called another, another one of his classes was, you know, basically build one sell sell twice. And his, his courses just blew up. Like I said, the Q4, I believe, cause he's very transparent. He's building in public. He's very transparent with his work. So he, I think he did close to a, either, I think he did over a million dollars Q4 of 2020 in, in ed tech courses alone. So, uh, anybody that's out here going, wow, man, people that sell courses are like shady or something like that. No, they're not. So just so you know, I mean, that's his, that's, that's literally his background. That's how visualized value exploded uh, in revenue and in success. And then he got into the, you know, he started selling his art on as NFTs and man did his, the art that he, you know, he took some of his, his uh, Instagram images and things like that and put them on um, foundation. And some of his pieces, just so you guys know, like one of his pieces was, jpeg versus nft and i believe it sold for like 74 75 eth a one of one and i was like wow like first off the message was brilliant like you couldn't get any it was just so clear the message of that art and i was just like it makes sense why it went for that much because he just was able to like literally say hey here's the difference between a jpeg here's the difference between an and an nft so it was genius. And like, again, he's just been making moves, slowly making moves in the space and he's crushed it. And every time I see him come into a space, he literally analyzes, does his research like crazy, sees which way to go, partners with the right people in the space and just dominates that space. And as you can see, he iterates, iterates, iterates until he gets it right. Cause he's had a few open additions in the, in the before checks. And now he actually hit it this time. And I, I love that he's in like just doing this stuff. And like, now he's like a household name in the space as he should be again. Like you said, um, Schmipto, I remember you said this earlier in our chat today, you were like, Hey, you know what? I was just as smart, you know, like two, uh, two weeks before I bought checks, but now everybody thinks I'm a genius, but that's because we just didn't know about you. We, we, I definitely, I'm positive. You were a genius beforehand too. We just, I just didn't know about it. <laughs> so it's all about distribution right? At the end of the day, if you don't have distribution and a message out there that people can read and people see and hear, this should be a lesson to everybody. 
right now. I think that the lesson here is you're scared to, you know, write that tweet, write it. You're scared to, you know, press, you know, publish on that blog post, publish it. You're scared to make that art minted to the blockchain and sell it until you start doing those things. You know, shooting videos is my Achilles heel right now that I'm working on. Once you start making those doorways, like that's it. That's, that's the alpha here. I think is the more doorways you have back to your experience, your, your user experience. That is you right. Schmipto or it's punter or it's, you know, Adam McBride or it's Lucas Bean. Like the more content you put out, the more things you're passionate about that you put out, the more doorways people have to discover you that lead back to you and your user experience. So just, just remember every time you publish, you might not be excited about it. You might not be like, wow, this is like the best I've ever done. It doesn't matter. It's a doorway back to you. So that's just my, uh, my, my little uh, soapbox derby there. Go ahead. A, um, what, let's see. Uh, sorry about that. Go, got, got, oh, sorry. Got, got gorilla. Go ahead, my man. Sorry. I mispronounced your name. Uh, what's going on? Lucas and uh, what's up, shrimp? Uh, I won't be long because I'm in the gym. Just want to chime in real quick. And uh, thanks for having me up here. Um, just to say what, what got me into checks. Sorry, I'm kind of out of breath. A few things just marked a couple boxes for me. I'm not saying they were smart ways how I played it, but when I first seen the checks, I was like, okay, this reminds me of Damien Hurst in a, in a new NFT way, kind of, like just the design itself. And then <clears throat> I seen the checks, I was like, well, I'm thinking about the social commentary around check itself. So that kind of clicked right there again. And then, well, the risk reward for me, when it's something so cheap below 0.01, I'm kind of going in for my risk reward you know i always find risk reward in that type of sense um i should have minted more i went in for like 40 or 30 and i bought some up secondary it's pretty low uh so um once i seen that happen i was like okay and then the supply is so high but then also i look back to the friendship bracelets and what, what my thought was man these friendship bracelets can't keep on moving because the supply is too high but they can't what they way pump the point eight whatever the case may be wherever the top was the local top so then I thought in my mind, well, shoot, if they can do it, why can't these do it along with a burn mechanism coming up? So that just kind of made me like, okay, this is probably going to be something really, really big. I don't know how big it was going to be, but just is Mark, uh, I'm sorry, checked all these boxes for me. And then I was like, man, they're, they're, he captured a moment too where it's all about timing. He, he got the right time. It's kind of how Board at Yacht Club was. They had the perfect timing on when they dropped uh, their collection. And then now, um, the social commentary of checks, it adapted to the culture. And once you adapt the culture, you kind of got it right there. The culture is always the biggest aspect sometimes when it comes to uh, NFTs, uh, because you, you, you need that. You need that heart. You need that post that's going to keep on upbeating within it. It's going to have the social commentary, like I keep on referring to. And now you see everybody doing derivative, and which is so great. I mean, it gives people... Uh, he started a move. He started a movement. I mean, he, that's what he did. He, yeah. I mean, he's he's basically the 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 tip of the spear of a movement here. How many uh, how many checks do you have, my man? Um, I'm only I shouldn't say only, but I have 34 now. I sold like 10 around 0.9 ish because that was my plan. I tried to stick to my plan. Then I bought like four more back around 1.2 ish. I was like, yeah, I kind of messed up selling too early, but that's another thing, man. You gotta have your plan. In NFTs in general, have your own plan. Yes. Forget what every, forget what everybody else's plan is. Have your own. Hundred percent. Even if you 
if you sell a little early, it doesn't matter, man. You, you stick to your plan. You can't kick yourself too bad about it because you did something right according to yourself. And then it gives yourself, give yourself a little more self-confidence on how to do the next play better or just look back on how you can – what mistake you made. Shoot, I sold like three apes way too early. So, like, I learned to, like, okay, let me stop here. Let me make, make sure I have my own type of goals and ways how I want to assess where I'm going to go forward and back. And maybe, uh, like you said, Strip doesn't want to sell any. I mean, that's his plan. Uh, don't, don't let that be your plan. You know what I'm saying? You got to have everything according to how you want to live, your risk-reward, and, and what you want to do. And I'll also say this, man. We have one of the best holders of checks right now and DeFi. You can hear Shrimp talking about it all day long. He doesn't need to take profits. There's nothing wrong if he does. But look, you have our number one holder saying, bro, I don't even want the profits. I'm here for the culture. I'm here for the movement. What kind of person doesn't want to be in a top holder in that type of project? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, no doubt. And I mean, that, he's, that's like being a punk whale in like uh, 2021. So there's no yeah. doubt about it. And, and it's still so early, man. And everybody's like, man, I missed the people in my DMs. I missed the boat. I missed it. Like, yeah, you might have missed the first run. You might have missed that. But don't think so short term all the time with something like this. Because uh, we still have a whole way to go, I think. I appreciate it's going to be slow time for people like, okay, that's it. We're done for. But it just, it just those peaks and those peaks and valleys in the market in general. And, uh, man, at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be here along the checks, waves, D, uh, DeFi, some other players I got too. Uh, even even with the uh, uh, Vincent Van Doe's Pepe uh, checks, I went pretty hard on them. My conviction on higher collections are, oh, no, I'm just, I'm being a DJ too, I guess, at the same time. <laughs> quarter million just, of those a quarter million of those my man it's yeah. a little different i'd say <laughs> it is but uh i have faith in vincent uh he's a well-known person in the space a legend um uh, i just feel like he's gonna do something that might surprise people and it might go to zero but hey my risk like i said was under 0 0.01 i'm going kind of hard uh so we'll see what happens from there but let me get back to my workout and i'll keep on listening in i appreciate you having me up here absolutely thanks for coming up my man you have definitely some good insight appreciate you all right Later. What do you think, Schmipto? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Punter. Go ahead, my man. No, I just wanted to, to echo what Trilla was saying there, which is, like, imagine that feeling when, you know, I think a lot of times smaller holders, like I, I've had as many as seven, six, seven checks. Now I have three sort of lower serial numbers. I played that game where I sort of flipped and traded into ones that I, that, that I thought, you know, held a higher premium because they're lower down. Because because for those who may not know in the room, you know, the the addition number, you know, kind of like Shrimpy's number one check, which I, I couldn't aspire to that. The lowest one I have is number 149. But, um, you know, people, you know, people are ascribing higher value to the lower serials. But I, I did just want to echo something that Trilla just said, which is uh, when you're in the community and you have a holder like Shripto, who's just like, I'm fucking in it for the art. Like, I'm burning all my checks. I'm sending them to the Dow. Like, you know, because I think a lot, like I said, a lot of a lot of smaller holders are sometimes afraid like whales are going to dump on them, and I just have to I just have to say how much confidence it instills when you know he's willing to come on and talk about it. He's ultra transparent. Hey, maybe he wakes up tomorrow and decides to dump, and that would be his. Uh, you know, that would be like uh, up to him. But um, I'm, I'm just I just when Trilla said that, it just uh, made me. I just wanted to echo that point that it's uh, 
you know, you want to have benevolent whales, I guess, in, in, or what you presume to be in your project. And I'm done talking. Yeah, I'm done talking. So, um, Schmipto, man, I have to admit, like that leaderboard is kind of brilliant uh, that Jack put together because, like, it, you want to be number one, and I, I, I can hear it that you're definitely a competitive person. You wanted to mint one more than your friend, <laughs> just to mess with them. Um, that was pretty funny or buy one, at least, I mean, I'm not sure you minted it, but bought, at least bought one more than your friend. And, um, it sounds like you're a, you know, you're a sporting person. So that is pretty funny. And that you think that leaderboard, you, you, uh, do you worry about that? Like every day, do you look at it and be like, yep, still number one. I think, uh, you know, a little bit, but it's not, it's not going to kill me if somebody passes me up. Like, again, I really do think that there's probably somebody like, I think it's unlikely anyone has stealthily accumulated 4,000. I think it's quite likely someone has stealthily accumulated 1,000. Yeah. Right. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't attach much stock to my position on the leaderboard uh, currently in terms of like feeling like I'm out in front, but I do think that it sends a signal that helps people know that I'm not selling like if that number on the leaderboard suddenly lurches down by 50 people would probably have questions right um which it did once lurch down because i traded uh 25 or 30 i think 30 yeah it was 30 units for uh 69 so that's the one time my holding ever really jumped down was trading for 69 but now since then you know i've traded a couple of three digits for two floors so creeping up because of that uh and ultimately i can probably ring out i don't know probably another hundred from good serial trades so i should end up with about 600 checks total uh and then i would ascribe uh, like a 50x floor value probably to 69 420 and 100x floor value to one like market wise not for my purposes but sure if i was just trying to appraise value for like collateralizing something uh probably 900 checks equivalency really wow uh, that's crazy man that's crazy or sorry eight eight, eight to nine hundred <laughs> eight to nine hundred um so we'll see how many i can actually ring out before i'm done but i i think i can hit 750 without too much too much trouble uh Pretty cool, man. We'll see. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I can't, I can't stay on here all day. Although I want to with you, my man. I got, a, I got some other stuff to do. But thank you so much for joining us. And Punter, thanks for coming up. Anybody else have any questions before I, uh, I shut this thing down? Brad, Sero, anybody? You guys are good. All right, hearts, yeah. hearts. Thanks for having me up. No, it's absolutely my pleasure. You're a really good person, man. And. uh I can't wait to see what you, yeah, I can't wait to see what you do next, man. And it's really cool and pleasure to meet you, punter. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks for joining us today, guys. We were chatting with Schmipto over here or shrimp as we, uh, now call him. <laughs> we got <laughs> shrimp over here. Really nice guy. Biggest, I, I, as far as I know, the biggest guy that's holding, holding checks right now. So it's, uh, he's down to earth, really great person. And it was such a pleasure today. So I appreciate you coming on and, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching you, man. So I'm going to be in your DMs, like checking out uh, what the next alpha is. So uh, I appreciate you coming on though, man, really it's for taking the time. So 
Thanks yeah, again. And thanks so much for the invite. Yeah, it was Appreciate a pleasure. It. Oh, wait, Facero. Hey, Facero, what you got, man? You got your hand up. No, I, would, I just wanted to give a shout out to Punter. Uh, uh, if, if you aren't following him, you definitely need to give him a, a follow and uh, get on his spaces. Um, and I absolutely love his I'm done talking. He did. He, it's, it's, it's Q. That's cop, the Q. It's I, the Q I stole copy. that from Q. Q. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, That's for the sure. old clubhouse days. Yeah. <laughs> we, anytime we mention it, we got to make sure we throw back uh, the copyright trademark to Q. Yes, that's, absolutely. Uh, that's his thing. Yeah. I'm done talking. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. It is something that I'm aspiring to master. I, you know, every time I finish, I, I always fumble and, and end up in my head. I'm like, I've got Punter's voice nailing it. And I'm like, come on, just this time. <laughs> it's hard to nail yeah. it. I'm you done should, talking. I was going to say, you should be able to nail it for Sarah. You're, you've got the accent, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. So I'm, I'll just give it my, my own little spin. <laughs> I love it. All right. That's our show today. Thanks for the audience. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Schmipto, Punter. Thank you very much, Facero, as always, Brad. And thanks to Mintify, one of our partners, not paid. So just so you guys know, for complete transparency, they're just one of our partners that come up and give us the news, but they have an amazing platform. So go check out Mintify, amazing CEO behind it. Know him well. And uh, you know, if you're an active trader, try Mintify. It's definitely really, really cool. We'll be here again tomorrow. We got, we got some really cool stuff to talk about, like Bitcoin NFTs. Looking forward to our spaces tomorrow. And again, once again, thanks to our amazing speakers up here. And thanks to the audience. We couldn't be here without you. See you all tomorrow. You guys rock. Bye.